0: You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them, and with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 51 with John Key. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. All right, let's get started. Today, I'm talking with John Key of Community Servants. John is a friend of mine and a man I really look up to. He's served as a deacon, as an elder, as a missionary, and also as the director of faith-based nonprofit ministries. He's been with community servants for over 13 years now, and he is now the president and is responsible for directing and teaching at their missionary training school. While we will be focusing on the story of God moving in John's life, I'm really hoping that we'll spend a little bit of time talking about the school as well today. Okay, John, now... I've given just a little bit of an introduction. People know just a little bit about you, but would you share with us a little bit more about yourself and the ministry so that we can get to know you more personally?
1: Sure. Uh, I am, uh, grew up in middle Tennessee, uh, grew up in church, uh, walked away from it, uh, for a while and came back, uh, really committed to the Lord in my early thirties. Uh, I'm married and have, uh, five children, uh, uh, two youngest ones. Uh, my daughter uh, is my stepdaughter who I adopted, and so she's now mine, and also my youngest son is adopted. Uh, my wife and I have been married about 25 years now and been serving together uh, in ministry and separately in ministry uh, fairly strongly since 94, I think. Uh, and uh, now we're here in Smyrna uh, serving as home missionaries. we we served locally in the church then we went to mexico for about three little over three years and then came back as home missionaries uh here in this community thinking that uh, it was going to be a part-time thing and we've been here almost 14 years now
0: isn't that crazy now uh, i know that there are a wide variety of missionary experiences here you living here in the u.s and i know that you've also spent some time in in mexico would you mind sharing with us a little bit about what life is like for you right now, what kind of things that you do, and what kind of what a typical day looks like for you?
1: Uh, typical day uh, has recently changed, uh, but I'm usually uh, up most mornings by about 6 o'clock and out of the house by about 7.30. Uh, now with the missionary training school that community servants have started, uh, I'm in class from 8.30 to 11.30, Monday through Thursday and also on Thursday nights. Uh, then in the afternoon, I'm doing various things on the property, uh, whether that's, uh, getting caught up on what I'm supposed to be teaching the next day or whether it's taking care of, uh, uh, uh problems on the property or overseeing the interns. And then I usually get home five o'clock or so. Thursdays is a, about a 14 hour day. Whoa. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, uh, and it varies every day. Uh, we constantly uh, are working in flexibility.
0: All right. Now, thanks for sharing that. Would you mind, as we get started, sharing with us maybe a, a meaningful quote or a, perhaps a scripture that's been really meaningful to, meaningful to you over the years?
1: Yeah, I think the, the one that has probably uh, impacted me more than anything else uh, is a quote from a mutual friend of ours uh Bruce Koble and he advised me many, many years ago to look and see what God's doing and just join him. Uh and that has uh changed my life and that has been pretty much the uh standard rule for this ministry uh ever since I've been involved and, and was before I got here. Uh, we look to see where God's moving in people's lives and then we look to see how we can join him in that and uh can be glorified through that.
0: That's great. Now that we know a little bit about you, know, a, a little bit about what your life is like and something, you know, that, that quote that's really kind of fueled how you've approached ministry. I'd like to move to a time when you were facing a challenge. One of the things that I find is that sometimes we get into what I call the Facebook effect where we look around and it can feel like, especially as we look at a, a missionary or somebody who's in ministry, that we're really kind of looking at the highlight reel of their lives, whereas our life might feel more like a blooper reel. And I find that one of the ways that we learn and also connect with people is through challenges. So could you share with us a time when you were sh- facing a, a significant challenge or perhaps a failure and then share with us what God did in that time?
1: Uh, I think probably the, uh, the one that comes to mind, uh, the most was I, after my trip to Mexico, uh, a week long trip, uh, in 1994, I really uh, felt assurance that the Lord wanted me to return to Mexico uh, and minister full-time. My wife and I prayed about it. We both felt that way. Uh, and then it took four years uh, of constantly wanting to go and constantly being told that's not the time, but knowing that God hadn't changed his plan uh, and uh, just having to work through that. Uh, I remember when I came back and told the, the person I was working with, at that time, I said, "I'm moving to Mexico," and he's like, "Tomorrow?" And I said, "Well, probably not tomorrow, but as quickly as possible." and that four years is probably the longest time. But it really taught me the value of waiting till God is ready to move, even when He's giving you an insight of what it is He wants you to do.
0: Okay, thanks. And now, now that we know a little bit about that challenge, would you? We're going to go to the other end of the spectrum uh because just uh-huh. like we all have these challenges we also have times when god reveals something to us whether it's what what we would think of as sort of the shaft of light experience where god just sort of imparts something to us or if it's one of those things where we start to see something as we look back and realize god has been revealing something to us over time can you share with us one of those uh one of those times when god revealed something to you
1: yeah i think so when uh when we were serving as missionaries in mexico and i was in language school uh we had an opportunity uh during the language school that uh, once every uh quarter or semester uh they brought in a missionary uh who was serving uh to uh do devotionals for us for a week and, and just minister to us and uh in both of those instances over that period of time uh, I really didn't know either of the missionaries that came in, but in their prayer time uh in our chapel, they would pray over each one of us, and both men uh six months apart, prayed that uh the Lord was showing them that I would be involved in training thousands and thousands of missionaries and 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 my sight that was wow, Lord, you're going to let me build a building and train these pastors in Mexico and we're going to serve all of those. And the next thing I know, uh, family situations came up. that We had returned to Murfreesboro, and I'm like, uh, that wasn't in the plan. Uh, and yet, since we've come to community servants, we've been involved in working with uh, uh, interns and now the missionary training school and working interculturally. And we're having the opportunity to see our interns have uh, already gone out to about 10 different countries. We're intervening in the lives uh, through some of our programs here uh, of people right now from 18 different countries. And uh, we've got students in the missionary training schools, some who are training to to serve here uh, in their business and in their work, and some who are looking forward to going overseas and, uh, uh, that was a whole different thing of just waiting on the Lord again, but uh, He reveals even when it looks like it's falling apart. If you stay faithful and obedient, uh, He brings His plans to pass.
0: Wow, that's good. You know, it, it's interesting to me that both of the the stories you've shared so far have involved that that season of waiting and uh, things not working out exactly the way that you expected. Um, as you look back over your life, do you find that to kind of be how God's worked in your life?
1: Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I was talking with uh, Shirley a little bit earlier uh, and uh, just reviewing you know, some of the things that uh, we might talk about. Uh, and, and one of the things that, that I realized was, you know, I've really been a, a dumb butt a lot. And God's, <laughs> God's carried me through that uh, because I would try and jump ahead or not move. Uh, and so there's constantly been the waiting to hear his voice and to hear his voice clearly to take that next step. And that's been a, uh, fortunately has been a life changing and, and a lifelong, uh, pursuit that he has, uh, had me in. That,
0: that's, that's powerful. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to follow that up with. I was really hoping to sound smart there for a second, but instead I think we're just going to move on to the present day. Um, I know that you've shared a little bit about what God's done in the past, but I also know because I know you, that there's a lot of really exciting stuff going on with community servants and with the ministry there. I'd, I'd like to just take a couple of minutes and hear from you about what's going on in the ministry. Maybe something that's really exciting you right now, or maybe something that you see coming in the future.
1: Okay. Um, I really can, uh, there's two things that are really happening right now. We hired a young lady, uh, she's been here 10 months now, uh, to eventually take my job as the executive director, uh, since I recently turned 66 and looking at, uh, I'm not going to be here forever and somebody needs to continue this ministry. And in the last year, we've had an exciting year and, uh, uh, this year, uh, we've started not only here at Weary Housing, where, where we've been the last 21 years, but we've also got programs going in two other apartment complexes here in the Smyrna area, uh, one which uh, is primarily uh, Burmese refugees and uh, Hispanic refugees, and then we, the other one is primarily uh, Iraqi and Iranian uh, refugees. So uh, that's an exciting thing, and to see Ashley coming along and uh, able to take care of most of the day-to-day stuff of the ministry and allow me the freedom uh, to uh, work with the missionary training school. And that's the other one that is really exciting right now. We visited uh, Global Frontiers Ministries uh, in Atlanta uh, just a little over a year ago and in visiting with them and seeing what they were doing, uh, that was our heartstring. It just, it plucked it and, and played a whole tune the time we were together. And as we got ready to leave, the president of that ministry said you can have everything we've got except for the copyrighted stuff. And so we were handed a curriculum and opportunity to start and we came back and prayed and, uh, Uh, Man, we've got seven students involved in our missionary training school, and our goal is to uh, disciple people to make disciples so that they can go and make disciples. And our ultimate goal, because God has blessed us with so many different refugees, is to be able to reach some of the people from the other cultures who can go back to their countries and share in countries where we can't get in anymore. uh That's the long-term vision. I think God's going to honor
0: that. Yeah, and I think I'd like to to talk a little bit more about that, uh, especially uh, because I know that you and I have talked about this in the past. And for for those listening, sometimes the thing that can happen as you're thinking about becoming a missionary and as you're training is you may end up going to a school here in the U.S. to learn theology and to learn to properly understand the Word and things like that. Those are all really good things. But even with some of the missionary training schools, you may end up spending months or years here in the U.S. without doing any practical hands-on ministry. And then your first experience in cross-cultural ministry might be somewhere else, someplace where you literally have no lifeline. And this school is different. And, John, I'd like for you, if you don't mind, to share with us a little bit about what makes this school special. I know that it's modeled after other schools, so you're not the only one, but what is it that makes it special?
1: Uh, I think what really makes us special is the fact that, that not only are we teaching the things that a missionary needs to know going on the, on the field biblically and theologically, uh, we also cover things on how to work with the different cultures. And, and we do that in our uh, five month program. Uh, we meet in the mornings in classroom and then in the afternoon, They'll have the opportunity to actually go in some of these communities where we're working with people of different cultures and and make friends, uh, develop friendships, learn those cultures, uh, learn how to minister to people who uh, didn't grow up in the United States and are learning how to live here. They can they can assist them in learning to live in the states. At the same time that they're learning about their culture, and preparing to to go overseas if that's where God calls them. Uh, I know that our uh, college age intern, residential interns, uh, some of them will end up overseas. Others have ended up working uh, with uh, World Relief and other agencies in Nashville serving refugees uh, and. Uh, that's the exciting part about it because they actually not only get the classroom, they get the hands-on while going through this.
0: And if somebody's listening, I know that right now you're kind of in the middle of your your current course, but if somebody's listening to right. this and they're thinking, hey, this sounds like something I might want to check out, uh, even though I don't think that you're accepting new applications right now, um, well, you might be. Why don't you just tell, tell us you yeah. know, where you are and what people might need to do if they're interested in becoming connected with it?
1: Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're in Smyrna, Tennessee, which is, uh, 20 minutes south of Nashville, which happens to be, uh, the number one refugee site in the United States right now. More refugees have come in in the last year into Nashville than any other locality, uh, in the United States. And, uh, you can go to our website, which is www.communityservants.org, O-R-G, uh, and click on mission training and there's a, uh, uh, you can download a, a, a pamphlet that tells all about the There's also an application there, and we are accepting students. We'll be starting uh, another five month program in August, and uh, we're accepting students for that program now.
0: Oh, that's excellent! I didn't know that. That's great.
1: Yeah, and if if they happen to be local people who either, uh, for example, one of my students is a college student. Uh, and I've got some, some students right now who, who work full-time and can't leave that job, but they know that God's calling them to serve others. And so we do a, a one-night-a-week program that takes two years to go through. You get the same uh, material, and then there's opportunities for them to, to work in communities as they can make that work.
0: Oh, that's great. Now, with that, I would like to go ahead and move on just a little bit from this. Okay. um one of the things that I know is that being in the marketplace, sometimes we can feel a little bit disconnected from what God's doing in the world. I know that's just in our heads, but it can feel right. like, you know, somebody somewhere else is experiencing all of the, all of the goodness of God or is experiencing all of the, the ministry. And sometimes it can feel like what we're doing in the marketplace really doesn't matter. So what I would ask you is what would you say to somebody who is living in the market or working in the marketplace and they're starting to wonder if what they do really does matter for the kingdom?
1: Uh, I think I would encourage uh, people who are in vocational ministry to to just be who God called you to be. Let, uh, let your love for the Lord show. That doesn't mean you constantly have to preach or any of that. Uh, I spent... Uh, Almost 10 years working, uh, in retail, uh, before we moved to Mexico. Uh, and, and I never did any preaching in the marketplace, but I probably ended up doing more counseling and have done uh, two or three weddings from that and a couple of funerals over the years for people that I worked with because they saw a difference in my life and I was able to make a difference in their life of when they would come and say, how do I deal with this? How would you deal with this? Uh, And I think uh, sometimes I think we go after projects rather than building friendships and relationships with people. We make them our project because we've got to get them saved. Or if we would take the time to build a relationship and be their friends and they see the difference in our life, it will open them up to ask us what the difference is.
0: That's good. Now, I do have another question um, that's okay. sort of related because I, I know that a lot of times we have people who are listening who are already supporting a missionary or maybe several missionaries, maybe financially or maybe in prayer. But they're thinking, you know, I, I'm not called to go to such and such place, but I really want to know how I can do more here. So if they're already supporting somebody um, financially or in prayer, what's something that they could do to further support or encourage a missionary?
1: Uh, I thought I had a really smart answer and then it left me, but the, the one that comes to mind and thinking about that right now, uh, when Shirley and I were serving in Mexico, uh, we had some really faithful, uh, financial partners. We had some really faithful prayer partners and we had had one lady, uh, who, uh, was in a really tough married situation. Uh, and she was only given enough money to buy food for the family. She wasn't allowed to have any other income and she would save that money out of her food allotment. And once a month she would call us on the phone and she might talk two minutes, but maybe all the minutes she had, or she might talk 10 minutes, but more than anything else, those four years or three and a half years that we were in Mexico, uh, what stands out to me is her faithfulness and just calling to say, hello, how are you, uh, and, and giving us a touch of home. And I think that makes a difference to any of the missionaries. And, and now you can do that through, uh, through Facebook and, and other ways, that, that other social media that we use to keep up with people when they're serving overseas now.
0: Well, that's good. Now, with that, I would like to go ahead and transition to the speed round. This is where I get to ask you a okay. series of questions, and then you get, come back with your amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan?
1: Yeah, it
0: sounds <laughs> like a lot of fun. You'll be great. What's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out?
1: Uh, I think I wish I had known that I didn't know everything. I uh, thought I knew exactly what I was doing, and I uh, would have desired more prep.
0: Okay. Looking back over the years, what's one thing you wish you would have done differently?
1: Um, I, I wish that I had learned uh, to study the scriptures in context better. Uh, not that I was perverting them, but I didn't always look at why that particular uh, letter was written or to whom it was written. Uh, and I think those nuances make a difference as we serve people, uh, if we know who we're talking to and the culture it was written to. I found that in working with the people I work with, and I also found it in understanding how what the Lord says through his written word. If I understand the culture that it was written to, that helps.
0: What's the best advice you've ever received?
1: I think the one I started with, uh, look at what God's doing and join him. Uh, Don't try and start new stuff all the time. Just see where he's moving and jump in.
0: Can you share with us uh, maybe a personal habit that you use that you strongly believe contributes to what God has done in your life?
1: Uh, Probably the the one that I I find myself sharing with uh, more people, the college age and even the summer interns uh, that I have, as well as other adults, uh, is I start every morning... uh, with a quiet time. Uh, I get up early, I put on a pot of coffee, and while the coffee's making, I spend time in the Word, uh, and then I journal. And for the last several months, my journaling has taken the shape of prayers that I write out. Uh, And I find spending that time with the Lord before I do anything else uh, really sets uh, the tone of my day.
0: Yeah, I can echo that. I can definitely tell a difference in the days that I... I get that right in the days that I don't, and I certainly don't right. hit it 100% of the time. Do you have an Internet resource, something that you use that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Uh, I think probably the the one I would share right now would be Evernote. Uh, I've only recently started using Evernote uh, in the last uh, four or five months, uh, but I found that uh, it helps me keep track of a lot. I can do... I've been involved in a men's Bible study on Tuesday mornings for several years now, and uh, for the last several months, all of the prayer requests are in my Evernote, and so I can constantly go back and pray over those things. Uh, I can do my sermon notes when when I'm listening to our pastor preach, or I can make notes that, uh, of what I need to direct our staff to. I've got different envelopes, and it's uh, easy to locate and wonderful to use. It's there.
0: That's great. I, I'm an Evernote user as well, and I use it for probably about the same kinds of things, uh, keeping track of prayer requests, notes from our, you know, pa- listening to the pastor preach, all of that stuff. I also, I really like that it's available as long as I have a device with an internet connection, you know, whether it's my phone or a computer or not even my computer. If I can get there on the web, I've, I've got access to my notes, which is great. Do you have a book that you'd recommend for our listeners?
1: Uh, I think. The one, uh, I've been going through so many lately, but I think the one that really stands out to me right now uh, is a book called Organic Church by Eugene Cho. Uh, And just the freshness of the way that uh, he presents doing church and and not that it changes a lot of the things that we do, but the approach in reaching people in their culture uh, and going from there with them.
0: That's great. Now, with that, I would like to go a little bit deeper for the last couple of questions, just to focus okay. a little bit more on your perspective and maybe some ministry advice, because this is our chance to learn from your, your wealth of experiences. What would you tell somebody who's living in the U.S. or North America? And this is, well, th- this is so uh, apropos here in Nashville. You look up. And you realize that your neighbors, maybe your coworkers, are from a country that just a few years ago you might have thought was missionary territory. What do you tell them?
1: Uh, I think the the first thing, and, and actually, Shirley and I are experiencing this. Uh, our brand, our newest neighbors uh, are both uh, from uh, other countries, and uh, we've begun a friendship with them. And I think that's where you start uh, again, uh, going deep and, and uh, Our heart's desire, especially if they've come from an unreached people group, is to share the gospel with them. But many of these people need to know that we care for them before they become a project. And and so I would say just build the friendship, uh, relate to them however you can. uh, And as as the opportunity arises, uh, they'll see your lifestyle and they'll begin a conversation. They'll give you a chance. Several years ago, we had uh, some Buddhist monks who came through our ESL program, and it uh, happened to be during the uh, holiday season, and I wrote the, Christ, uh, the word Christmas up on uh, the uh, whiteboard as, as one of our vocabulary words, and I said, what does this word mean? And we had people from several different nations, but one of the Buddhist monks said, that's sort of holiday by Charles Christ, didn't it? And that gave me an opportunity to open a conversation with them and then to continue it later after the class. Uh, and they eventually left our program, but they all left with a copy of God's Word with them. Uh, and I think that's the way you do it with your neighbors and your coworkers. Uh, you befriend them. Uh, you live your life in front of them, let God be seen, and uh, they'll notice that difference, and, and they'll open up in one way or another. Uh, and you take advantage of that opportunity to begin sharing gospel with them.
0: Okay. Now, John, this one this one could be a little bit tricky, but imagine you woke up tomorrow morning. It's your first day of ministry in a brand-new country, and you don't know anybody yet. Now, you still have your experience and knowledge, your family's there with you, and you don't have to worry about food or shelter, but all you have as resources is a laptop and $500 U.S. What would you do in the first seven
1: days? Uh, I think the first thing I would do, uh, is start praying, uh, and I would begin looking, uh, for a person, uh, I, I think the term that we use a lot nowadays is, is a uh, person of peace or a man of peace. Uh, I would find somebody who, uh, would accept me for just who I am and, and help me with language or give me directions somebody that wasn't opposed to me being there, and I would begin uh, with a friendship with them, uh, share with them why I was there, and then uh, see what resources they wanted me to. That's good. And, and then take care of those resources as, as they're uh, available. Okay, that's good.
0: Now, John, we're almost done. Would you mind sharing with us just one last piece of advice and then the best way for someone to get connected with you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Uh, I think, again, I would uh, go back to uh, the the advice Bruce gave me, uh, whether it's working in your your job place or uh, going on the mission field or going back to school, and that is look and see where God's moving and then join Him in that. Uh, And I think that, Probably the best way for for people to connect with us uh, is probably through community servants website uh, and uh, it's got most of the details about the ministry and uh, uh, email uh, you can email me or ask either one for more information um, both of our email my email is John at communityservants dot org and hers is Ashley. A-S-H-L-E-Y at communityservants.org. And that would be the best way to initially catch up with us. All
0: right, that's great. Thank you so much for being with us, John. We really appreciate your time and your generosity.
1: Thank you for your time, Brian. Thanks. God bless you.
0: You too. That's the end of the time that we had with John Key. I'm just so excited that we were able to connect. It's taken us months to connect with his schedule and my schedule and things like that. But I'm just really excited that we were able to do this. As I mentioned during the episode, if you're interested in checking out any of the resources that he mentioned or connecting with John personally, you can do that by visiting the show notes page at engagingmissions.com slash John Key or slash 51 is in episode 51. I'd also like to recommend if you have any interest at all in missions or learning ministry, cross-cultural ministry, that kind of thing that you check out the information on the, the training school that John talked about. I think that would be really valuable. It may or may not be the right fit for you, but I think at least checking it out will give you a little bit more information. Now, whether you're here for the first time and you're connected to John and you just stopped by to listen to his his interview, or if you've been listening for quite some time, I really am thankful that you're here. I would love to hear from you. If you'd like to leave a comment, of course, you can do that by visiting the show notes page at engagingmissions.com slash john key, or you could also shoot me an email. You can send that to feedback at engagingmissions.com. I'd love to hear from you, whether you have a comment about the content of the show, or if you'd like to share something about the quality of the show, or if you'd like to share a story from your life, you're certainly welcome to do that in any of those places. And then also... If you'd like to help us get the word out, it would really, really be powerful for us. Whether you shoot an email to a friend or mention it to a coworker, or if you'd like to, you can also share it on social media. I've got ways to do all of that. One other thing that might be really meaningful, if you're really interested in the show, if you really enjoyed it, would be if you stopped by iTunes and left us a rating and review. You can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. There I have a short video. It's about two and a half minutes long that shows you everything that you need to know to be able to click through a simple link right there and then subscribe to the show if you'd like to, leave a rating, leave a review, all of that stuff. And believe it or not, that helps other people find the show and connect with missionaries like John who are doing things like what he does or things that are completely different. It helps us get the word out about what God is doing in the world. And then just one last thing. May God continue to bless you above and beyond anything that you you could begin to ask or imagine. May his life grow in you. May his spirit speak to you through his word. And may your life impact the community around you. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.